All right, all right, all right, We're everybody. Here. We are back for another week of the Text Lab. David Crawl here with the one and only Jake Manfredi, who's about to go have an adventurous weekend, I guess yeah. is one word for it. I don't think you're going to get much sleep this weekend. No, no, I'm not. And we're coming off of winter camps. I feel like I've talked about winter camp on almost every podcast so far, but it's a traumatic experience. But yeah, we're celebrating my brother. It's going to be great. Uh, no sleep. Um, I'm excited. Going to a bachelor party. We're, yeah, we're going Sam to a bachelor Freddy's party. Wedding. Sam and Freddie, shout out. Hannah West, she's on staff here. Um, it's going to be great. David and I are both sick. We're going to wash the mics after this. It's gonna, if we sound, you know, stuffy, that's okay. Well, we're going to do it. We're, it's all right, man. <laughs> Zach will edit it out. <laughs> yes. Well, lest you think this is a podcast about Jake, Manfredi, and David Cross' personal lives, this is actually the Text Lab, yeah. where every week we do a deep dive into the text, really just to help you prepare for your life group this week, really just to help you meditate on God's word, what he has said to us, and grow deeper and deeper in your relationship with Christ. And our goal is simple, to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you're in a group, whether you're just doing some study on your own, we hope this helps you um, just really encounter Christ and uh, do some deep reflection and conversation about what God has said to us in his word. This week, we are in Romans 5, 12 through 14. Jake, take us away. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. You know, three verses right there, man. I, I love it when we've got these smaller chunks because you can dive in a little bit deeper. You can unpack it with a little bit more depth and less of just a, a mouthful of all of it to chew yeah. on. But so much still in here where we've been in Romans, Paul spends the first three chapters of Romans just establishing the fact that we are sinners, that both Jew and Gentile are equally in need of the gospel. All people, whether um, Abraham was your great grandfather, you still need the gospel. You still are a, a depraved person. You still are a uh, at your core sinful person, and mm -hmm. you still need the gospel. Whether you are a Gentile and weren't a Jew, uh, Paul talks about this early on in those chapters, that all of creation reveals God's glory, that no one um, is, is, is held without responsibility there to still believe and come to Christ. So he's, he's leveled the playing field for a couple of chapters. Yeah. Then chapter four, talking about Abraham, his, his belief, trust, faith in Christ was credited to him as righteousness. And now in these next few chapters, Romans five through eight, I mean, these are some of my favorite passage scriptures. This is just some of the, the meatiest, just depth of the gospel. Paul's just un unpacking now what has happened in your salvation. Who is Christ and what has he done? And he's doing that in these verses, talking through about the death in Adam and the life that comes in Christ. And there's some different things that's going on with the parallel sentences and kind of some biblical equations. What's going on there, Jake, in, yeah. in these verses? Man, I love how you're talking about how Paul is making the universal claims. Um, I think that's so important. And it's important here also when we look through these parallel sentences and biblical almost equations as I was looking through, I was like, whoa, he's totally saying, okay, so sin equals death. Um, and then, but, but what's, what happens here in the gospel is like Jesus's death equals eternal life. And so there's like a kind of a play on words almost with, um, 
our death becoming coming from sin, but then Jesus's death actually acting as that gateway. And it's this weird like paradox, like how can death then equal life? Um, and so, so interesting. And then the parallel sentences here that are happening through verses 12 to 14 are just, I think, Paul's way of um, emphasizing how um, the beauty behind what sin is what it means for the one man, what it means for us universally as our depravity is um, is given to us through Adam um, and how that is universally now given to us. This life is given to us um, because of Christ. I think that's so cool Like, because he's saying just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sin. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam who was type of the one who was to come. He's saying like, okay, if we can just break it up into like, okay, here is Adam and all our sin and all our death. There's a, that's on the left side. And then on the right side, we have this completely new um, shattering of what was on the left side with Jesus giving life to all um, who believe in him. And I think that's just insane that we get the sentences here that are um, showing us this stuff. And then as we keep moving forward, we have the law and we have, we have sin, um, and what, do you want to talk more about maybe that relationship between the law and sin and how it, how it applies to us in our day? Yeah, absolutely. I think Paul is focusing on two main concepts here, Adam and the law. And through Adam, there was death that came to all men. And when and notice here when he's talking about the gospel, he goes back to starting with Adam. Yeah. And that's not something that I think we often go to when we're talking about the gospel. Um, we might go to just our, our, our present felt need or yeah. our present sinfulness. But he says, no, there's something even beyond that that is broken inside of you that goes all the way back to Adam. It doesn't matter whether you feel like a yeah. sinner or not. It doesn't matter whether you feel like a good person or not. Um, this goes all the way back to Adam, that something uh, inherently is broken inside of you. There is a depravity. There is this death that has been spread through all of mankind. And then also then connecting that, though, to the law. He says there in 13, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. So it's not the law that increases our sinfulness. It's actually just our broken depravity that is there in Adam. And, he, and he's just establishing again this idea that everyone needs the gospel. Whether you were a really, really good Jew, whether you were a Gentile that didn't even know about the law, you still need the gospel because mm. of death that reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression, transgression of Adam, even over those who had the law, everyone needs the gospel there. And and I think that's just an interesting place that he starts when talking about the the gospel and, and our need for the gospel is that it goes back to Adam. It doesn't mm. just go back to the law. And it doesn't just also go back to um, present day circumstance of whether you feel like a good person or not. I feel like in yeah. our culture, a lot people don't understand the gospel because they don't view themselves as being somebody who is broken because of their right. sinful nature. And Establishing that with somebody can be a important thing to to even talk about 
okay, is, is are are people primarily good or are people primarily bad? Am yeah. I primarily good? Am I primarily bad? Um, that goes against a self help gospel. That yeah. goes against kind of a a gospel of self actualization and self empowerment. That like you have all you need in yourself. Just work work hard and believe in yourself. And um, you you hear a lot of those type of belief systems today. That that uh, that heaven is inside of you and God is inside of you. And Paul's establishing, no, what's inside of you is a mm. death that has come since the time of Adam. And the only remedy for that is Christ. Christ is the new Adam. He is the only remedy for that death, which just changes how we, how we think about the gospel. And it is important to kind of establish when we think about gospel for ourselves or when talking to someone else about the gospel as well. So true. I think someone said this, it may have been Drew, I can't remember, but um, it's this line that just says like, only the forgiven are truly happy. Mm. Um, and man, that like, I think I have that on a post-it in my, in my room because it just reminds me of how important understanding my depravity is because, you know, pre-Christ, that was my biggest thing. Like people um, maybe were trying to talk to me about... Um, my sin or anything like that. And I was like, I'm not sinful. Like, what do you mean sin? Mm. Like, I'm not bad. I'm not an evil person. I'm a good person. Um, and especially just in our culture in America, but also El Dorado Hills Folsom, like here, um, we're comfortable and, and we've got the cars and we've got the homes and we've got the, um, distractions to kind of separate us from, um, understanding any truth, uh, about, about God. We don't really need, we don't, we don't feel like we have a need for something because we can accomplish it with our work, um, with, with money, with comfort. Um, and so I think that's, what's really, really cool about, about life groups. That's, what's really cool about relationships is we're not coming to sin bash people, you know, we're coming to live life and, and get coffee. And once we can get past those, those, uh, distractions and those comforts, um, there's a core question, a, a God sized hole in all of us. It's like, why am I here, man? Why am I here? Is Jesus uh, really the purpose that my life has so desperately needed? There's, um, there is a hunger in each of us for so many different things that Christ answers. Um, and that's really the beauty of the gospel that Paul is laying out here in Romans in, in chapter five. Man, I wish I could sit in five for way longer than we are. I love that we're taking apart just three verses today. Um, talking, he, he, does, he does this often where he goes back to the Old Testament um, where he just keeps throwing us back there, he throws us back because what, one thing that has really stuck out to me as we've we've been here is this is our history. This mm-hmm. is not just the Jews' history. This is like this is Jake's history. This is David's history. Like we come from Adam, uh, we come from Moses. We we are the descendants here. We are grafted in as Gentiles here. Um, when we read Romans, when we read the Old Testament, like this is our reality now. And this sets the stage. And, and the more that we can live into that truth, the more that we can live into who we actually are, who God says that we are in the word, rather than what the world says, we'll be way better off. And I think that's um, something we need to cling to as we meditate on these verses. And look at the end of 13, where he says, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Mm. That's a foreshadowing and pointing to Christ, even in this, in this chapter where he's talking about there is sin is not counted against you where there is no law 
Meaning Christ is the one who is fulfilling this law. He's the one that's doing away with the law. He's the one that uh, has perfected the law and fulfilled it in ways that we never can. And so he's just pointing us back to Christ over and over again of, yes, you are are uh, depraved, you are broken, you are weak, you have nothing you can do on your own to get to God. But Christ has come, God has reached down to us and through Christ now there's this access to God. There's this new relationship that that is established. And and I love thinking about how Paul is writing this um, to a community because he's mm. not just talking about your private relationship with right. Jesus here. Understanding appropriately and properly your standing before God as a depraved, broken sinner who can do nothing to earn salvation on your own suddenly changes the way the community yeah. interacts with one another. It suddenly changes those R2 relationships with each other when no one has anything to boast about, yeah. when nobody has any pride to stand on, when nobody has any ego to feed because there is no ego in Christ. There is no pride. There is no boasting in him because equally Death has spread to all of us, and the only hope for all of us is in Christ. Suddenly, that starts to look and feel like this this community that you don't mm. see or find anywhere else in the world um, that operates completely different because they're operating out of a place of forgiveness. They're operating out of a place of being renewed by what only Christ has done, this vertical gospel that we receive changes horizontally everything about our relationships with each other. Yeah. And, and can we just sit there for a second of just like our, our culture so often wants to be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And we protect that and we fight mm. for that. So, um, so, uh, hard and like, we're so exhausted about it and we're stressed about it, but like there's freedom in this, in this truth here that we actually can be like, no, I suck. I'm not good. Like, I'm actually not good, mm. but God makes me holy. He makes me righteous, but because of Christ, I'm made holy. And it totally changes that community, like how we sit around a room and how we interact with people. But it also just gives us freedom mm. to breathe and to rest yeah. in that and to yes. soak in that peace that like, I'm not good, but man, God somehow still loves me. Yeah. He still has stooped down and, and shepherded me and, and loved me and walked with me out of the grave. And so Jake, as, as you just think about this personally for you this week, what takeaways from from these three verses in Romans do you take with you? I think really just the depravity sits with me, man. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go uh, and kind of do the self-examine of like, <clears throat> what is my sin? And, and allow God to point out, um, allow him to search me. Um, what is that? Psalm 134, maybe? I don't know. I can't remember. 135. But the the psalm where it's just saying, God, would you search me? Would you know me? Um, would you search me out and help me to see the sin that's within my heart? Help me to see this stuff because the gospel just gets so much sweeter, um, sweeter to our tongues as we see our own uh, bitterness as our, as our own sin. Um, that's for me. What about you, David? What do you think? Dude, I love that too. Just like remind, continually rem remembering and being reminded of um, my hopelessness without Christ and mm. my desperate dependence without him and that... Christ has made us new, but that has nothing of my own doing and nothing of my own ability, completely only what he has done. And I think there's a, a good reminder there for even navigating relationships with friends and neighbors, coworkers who uh, are yet to believe that they can't understand the gospel until they realize that they're a sinner who mm. needs grace. And a lot of times that's starting with just some acknowledgement that there's someone who's sick 
who needs a doctor mm-hmm. um, or that they are broken and they need healing, that there's broken pieces that need putting back together. And a lot of times that does come from just felt life experience when life stops working. And yeah. I think that's the the truth of scripture that life will not work without Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's working, there still will be this emptiness. There still will be this brokenness that comes because at its at its core, um, we we truly have a sickness, a death inside of us, and that only Christ is the remedy for that. And so, even just in those conversations, in those relationships, helping them uh, be pointed in that direction and and think through some of those those things, because I think it's only when somebody kind of comes to that spot where they realize, no, I'm I'm sick and I need a doctor. I'm I need a hospital. Um, I need a remedy for my life. Then that there's openness right. to Christ to receive Him, and and just being mindful of that as we're as we're building those relationships and walking with friends and neighbors who don't know who don't know Jesus. Yeah, and praying too that the Holy Spirit would soften their hearts in that in that mm. fashion. Like, yeah. really, that's the encouraging part for us as we're stepping out into the world. Is like we don't save people, we can't soften their hearts, but the Holy Spirit um, is faithful to do that, and that's why we have pray watch yeah. lists. That's why we're praying. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, well, whether you are working out at the gym, cleaning the house, or mowing the lawn, whatever you're doing right now, while you like to listen to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text this week. Yeah, and as always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know that you are one who is sent by God this week to your family, your school, your work, your coffee shop, wherever you are, wherever your Pray Watch community might be, and wherever God invites you. You're sent to be the living proof of our loving God. We love you all. We'll catch you next time on The Text Lab.